Hi, everyone. Welcome to Snarky with Mike Feeney. I'm your host, Demi Lovato. How's it going out there? You're still here. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for watching. Thank you for leaving semi-hurtful YouTube comments. I appreciate all of it. And, uh, you know, Nicole's here. She's she's managed to skirt the hate. People have actually been saying they love the editing, Nicole. Oh, that's great. I'm actually shocked because I feel like I've been waiting for the day that the hateful producer comments start coming in on either of our shows. It's the more it's the the hateful producer comments are a direct correlation to how much you speak. So the more you speak, the more chances they will come for you. That's normal. That's what I've seen. Right. In shows is like the reason that nobody hates Jamie on Joe Rogan is because they just go like, Jamie, pull that up. And then he's like, here you go. And then, like, that's it. Like, he doesn't, like, eh, it, but it's when producers are like, you know what's so funny? I was just thinking about, and then they're like, get them to fuck off the fucking microphone. You know, that's just, um, that's the way it goes. So, you know, be mindful of that going forward and how much you interject with your personal life. Okay. Okay. Um, so, uh, welcome. Again, this show is, we're four episodes in now. It's just, we're still trying to, we're, we're coming up with segments on the fly, obviously, as you're finding out. We're doing, this is sort of like a, a fun complaining, ca- a complain cast, perhaps, a rant cast, whatever you want to call it. But it's it's pretty lo- loose and flowing, and, and here's what it is. But I have this, this big note legal pad of problems that I have with people, places, and things, and I'm going to tell you a lot about them. And also, if you guys want to suggest things to me that you think will make me angry, and maybe that's what some of the people on YouTube are doing. They're submitting things that they know will make me angry to be like, it's fodder for the pod. Don't do that. But if you want to send a po- uh, an email to snarkypodcast at gmail.com, and then you can you know, submit some things. We do have some uh, viewers submitted or listeners submitted uh, like things to rant about, which are fantastic that I'll get to a little later in the show. So send that and uh, and leave a five-star review if you haven't on iTunes. Follow the show. Send it to some people. Send the, And we also, again, we get the YouTube that comes out every week. And if you join uh, the Patreon, patreon.com slash scenario pod for my other podcast, here's a scenario, you get this, uh, there's like a bonus portion of this show that I do it's usually like probably almost 25 minutes long that's exclusively on the Patreon. So that's pretty awesome. So go on there. But I wanted to start today with one of the more crazy things that I've seen or read in maybe the last five years. And that's a lot to say, you know? And I don't say that lightly, but I mean it. Um, and also, as I, before I get into this, we're, today's drink, we're going ready right back to the classic margarita, as you can hear, ASMR. Uh, we have uh, we have the classic margarita. Nicole, I went a little bit more with the uh, the coconut lime juice today. I, I, do you notice a difference from the last time? Yeah, it's definitely more coconutty, but it's good. Do you like coconut? Yeah. Okay. Imagine you're like, no, hate it. <laughs> I'm um, allergic. Yeah, highly, but I'm forcing it down. Um, I would picture you to do that, to be like, I'm actually highly allergic, but you know it does taste good, and I'll just have to deal with it because it's my own fault. Um, and that's, that's what I love about you, Nicole. So... Demi Lovato, I don't know if you guys have the internet, but if you do, you had to have seen this because Demi Lovato, what they have done, that's Demi prefers, uh, this is so hard to, Demi, they prefer to be called they. So they 
um, went and did an interview. And in this interview, they they said, this is so, I whatever, I can't, that's, I'm on, I'm on sensitive ground with some of the stuff that I want to complain about, but I'll just stick to the facts, which is Demi Lovato doesn't want us to call aliens aliens anymore because it's offensive. Offensive. And I'm not saying calling illegal immigrants aliens. No, no, no. The things up in the sky floating around and the flying saucer and the, you know, nanu, nanu, all of that other shit. They, she doesn't, they don't want us to call them aliens because it's offensive to the aliens. Now, on behalf of everybody that's not an alien, that's a human species living on the planet, to Demi, to you, I want to say, shut up, please just shut up, okay? Listen, we gave you so much. I never made fun of Demi Lovato. When your music first came out, you're like, sure, it's terrible, it's trash. And then when, you know, they tried to like kill themselves or overdose or something and then made that comeback and then did the performance at like the VMAs or the Grammys or something. It was a very moving performance. So I'm always like, this person's got mental health issues. Let's leave them alone, you know? Uh, let's leave they alone. And then, um, you know, they're coming out as being like, I'm going by they. And you're like, okay, that's fine. And then they're like, and I'm, and I'm cutting my hair and you go, whatever. And then they go, and I'm gonna do songs called like, it's okay to not be okay. And then you go, all right, you're really milking this thing. And then they come out and they talk about aliens being offended. If you are offended for a species that may or may not exist in outer space on behalf of them, the narcissism that you must have to be like, listen, we've never seen these things. We've never encountered these things. They're probably out there because the truth is up there. Uh, Mulder and Scully, but they're up there and they're mad at what we're calling them as if to as if to assume that they know English, that they know that we talk about them and that to know that the word aliens that we call them is somehow derogatory in nature. Like I I understand when there was a movement to stop calling illegal immigrants aliens. I understand that. That's like I could that's a little also a little PC for me, but I can get the intent. But I mean, at this point, what do you do? She, they, they said, um, I am calling them extraterrestrials. And you go, whatever. I mean, who who why the fuck even open your mouth? You know, if it's like, who are you talking? Who is that for? And what? If even one person on Twitter is like, yes, queen, been saying that for years, you know, and like quote retweeting, like, you know, hashtag stop alien hate or whatever it is. It's like, I want to delete all social media and run into the ocean because I I cannot believe that this was a real thought. Yet. And she didn't say it with like a smile. She said it in the kind I watched it. She said it in like kind of a smile. But like in a way of I am serious about this. And I think the smile was more to disarm the fact that they would obviously appear crazy to everybody on the planet. Nicole, what do you think about Demi Lovato's um, comments? 
Well, does this mean then they would have to retract all of the alien movie names and they would also be E.T.? Oh, then we'll just have, yeah, E.T., E.T.'s, E.T.'s 2, E.T.'s vs. Predator, um, E.T. <laughs> I mean, there's all, and also, I, I, I'm just saying, if I'm an alien, okay, I'd rather be the alien from Aliens than E.T., that little skinny, fat, weird, short, stupid thing that eats like Skittles or M&Ms or whatever the hell the stupid candy is. With the glowing finger, it's like they're like the Rudolph. <laughs> E.T. is the Rudolph of aliens, of extraterrestrials, okay? What a stupid, what a stupid thing to say. I'm getting so mad I'm hot. <laughs> what a stupid, dumb person she is. Let uh, They are. God damn it. Put them, put they on the fuck that person list. Demi Lovato, fuck that person. Fuck they. <laughs> Okay? <laughs> That's how we're starting the show. Pissed. Pissed about it. I'm in like tears right now. <laughs> what are you calling E.T. stupid and fat? <laughs> so cruel. He was. He was like skinny. He had the skinny upper oh body God. and then that weird fish tank gelatinous. And they had to just waddle and he couldn't, you know. He has a dad bod. He has a dad bod. It looked like one of the things like that Mario jumps on and then it becomes flat. And then there was like a little branch neck sticking out of it. That's so stupid. Um, <laughs> so I don't like that. And another thing I don't like, I go for my I go for a physical this week and I'm dreading it for a couple of reasons. I'm not a person who's like afraid to go to the doctor or anything like that. I don't care. Whatever. And I'm lucky enough that I have health insurance. So that's not like a financial burden. but. My doctor, my, I have such problems finding a primary care physician because you got to really relate to it. You know, you got to be able to talk to them. And I feel like you got to, they're almost like a, a therapist. You know, you have to tell them things. You have to divulge things. You have to be honest with them. You have to feel, they have to have good bedside manner. You have to feel like you're being listened to. There's a lot of factors that go into it. So I've been going to see this one for a few, I've probably seen him four times. So I guess I've been there the last like two or three years or something. But he's, and he got recommended to me by another comedian. And the other comedian's wife is in the medical field. So I was like, oh, okay, you know, and they, they're at a reputable hospital. So all these things, I'm like, okay, you know, probably good. This doctor that I have will not stop talking. I mean, in any, he just, he came in, he ca opened the door, walking in mid-sentence to me already. Like literally going, wow, it's gotta be tough out there for comedians right now. I thought he was talking to somebody else and finishing his conversation, entering the room. No, he was already talking to me. And he talks to me about, like he's one of these people that he just wants to talk. I think he became a doctor so that he could talk to people. And to, again, and I say this specifically, talk to people. Because he's not talking with me. Because anytime he would be like, what do you think about, uh, you know, what do you think that's going on, all this stuff going on with Chappelle right now? I go, well, it's, 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 it's an interesting thing because, and he just goes, yeah, you know, because here's what I think. And then just talks right over me. And what do I do? Like, I have to be, there's this thing where I, I try to play off, like I'm no longer interested by going like, yes, sir. And like, ah, oh, yeah, well, what are you going to do? But then it, it doesn't stop him, so it keeps going. And then at some point you want to go, you know, 
shut up, but I can't because he knows if I have cancer, you know? So I have to play nice with the guy who might know if I'm dying. And I want the good, I don't want him to hide any news from me being like, oh, well, you don't care to talk to me about, you know, how your son is graduating high school soon? Well, then we're not gonna worry about that blood clot in your foot, you know? I don't know what it is, but I swear to God, he was, I did the stereotypical drop your pants, hold your balls things. He's making direct eye contact with me, which first off, it's like, hey, just don't do that. Just don't go ahead and look the other way, because I'll look the other way, because you're holding my balls, you know? But he's holding them, and I swear to God, he's looking me in the eye, talking to me about PC culture. And I mean, I would have rather he squeeze them and burst them like grapes than have to, first off, talk about PC culture anymore for any length of time. I'm so over it. Everybody that talks to a comedian's like, what do you think about the cancel culture, bro? It's so annoying. It's been talked about on every podcast at nauseum. If you ever want to know anybody's thoughts on it, we don't like it. That's it. That's it. That's it. There is no more. If there's people who are like, I think it's actually a necessary evil. Boom. Not funny. Boom. Not famous. Boom. Not successful. And then that's all you got to know. And it's all you got to know. But the guy's holding my balls, asking me what I think about PC culture. And I have to try to explain the nuances of comedy journalism versus real reporting versus weighing that against all the other important things going on in the world. And what about Harvey Weinstein? And he goes, well, I still show my kids Bill Cosby because they love that. I don't care. Do I have cancer? No. Bye. See you in a year, pal. See ya. Bye. And then he goes, oh, you want to get a tetanus shot? And I go, when's the last time I had a tetanus shot? He goes, I don't know. And I go, am I supposed to know? Aren't there charts? Aren't there medical computer charts that have everything? And he goes, nothing here. You want one? No, I don't. But obviously, yes, give it to me. He goes, have you had one in the last 10 years? I don't remember what I ate for dinner last night. And you expect me to recall the last 10 years, hey, you know what? Felt like it was nine years ago I got tetanus. What do you think about that? So he goes, just get it. Just get the tetanus shot. And then that way you'll feel, you'll be sick covered. So I go, okay. So the woman comes in, stabs my arm with that. And that's, you know, my arm is, feels like it's falling off for the next three days. The tetanus shot really hurts like a son of a bitch. And then he goes, well, I'm not gonna draw blood because they don't, they didn't tell me on the way in. On a physical, once, once a year you go, they'll probably do blood work, right? I'm, I'm going in. And I go, guys, I, my point was at 2 p.m. So I go, do I need to fast? Because I just woke up. I won't eat anything. But do I need to fast? And they go, no, this says nothing here about blood work, so you're good. I, so I eat a giant Italian sandwich on the way there. I mean, just, just all the sodium. Just sodium and iced coffee and just, I have it all on the way there. And he goes, let's do blood work. I go, I just ate. And he's like, eh, whatever. I go, what is, what do you, what? And then I go to the, the phlebotomist, phlebotomist, I think that's it, phlebotomist, right, Nicole? I think so. That's the blood guy? Well, the blood guy is going, uh, yeah, it turns out that doesn't really matter as much with a lot of blood drawing these days. And I'm like, so you've just had us coming in here starving, and they go, well, it actually is becoming like a health worry because we were making people like not eat or drink water for like 12 hours. And then they would come in here and they'd be all like dehydrated. And then we'd take the blood from them and then they'd pass out. And you're like, 
Well, sure, of course. I mean, that's that's what only should happen if you're making us starve and get dehydrated and then you're extracting blood from us. And the guy was like, yeah, it doesn't really matter anymore. So next time they tell you you got to not eat for 12 hours before and go, hey, I thought it didn't really matter anymore. And I know the tricks and the secrets. And, you know, that's it. I'm done with that. I'm just so mad about it. I got to find a new doctor. And I don't know where to find one. I This is also an absolute, like, geographical bias. But I live in Queens. There's got to be two to four billion doctors in Queens. And that's accurate math that you don't need to look up. But I don't feel comfortable going to a doctor in Queens because I'm like, if they were a good doctor, they'd be in Manhattan. You know what I mean? It's like, this is one of the best cities in the world for being a doctor. You're gonna be in Manhattan, you know? Like, if I want to not go into a Manhattan doctor, I'll go out to Long Island. I'll go to Westchester. I mean, what does it matter at that point? I don't need to be in Queens going to see a physician, going to see some guy named like, Zikolos or something, and then he's just, you know, holding my balls while eating a gyro or something. So that's my thoughts. Do you like your uh, primary care physician, Nicole? No, I'm scared of all of them. They all, I feel like they all patronize me. But I also made the problem for myself of picking doctors that were around, like, where I used to work. But now I'm nowhere near there and haven't been for a year and a half. So they're Uh, so far away from me. Yeah, and I also... I do a thing too, which is like, I feel like I'm 14 years old when they do the thing where they go, you drink? And I go, you know it, pal? And I wink at them and then they get concerned. And then I go, they go, do you smoke? And like a parent trying to be like, what's that smell? I go, not cigarettes. I just say, I don't tell them that I smoke weed, but I say not cigarettes. And if they can deduce what that means from that, we can go from there. But um, you know, that's not crack. Yeah, yeah. Imagine they were like crack, and I'm like, yes, finally, somebody figured it out. <laughs> I have a crippling crack addiction. Um, so maybe we should put that primary care physician on the fuck that person list as well. Let's just this whole episode's gonna just be fuck that person, fuck that person, Demi Lovato, fuck they person, Demi Lovato, fuck that person, my primary care physician. Stop talking so much. All of you primary care physicians, stop talking so much. If we're concerned about stuff, we'll bring it up, all right? Don't, you don't need to lead the conversation. I didn't get two words in. I talk for a living. I know how to have a conversation with people. Guy wouldn't let me talk, it was enraging. Here's a sad thing that I don't, I I struggled with whether this should even be on this list of things because I don't think it's, um, you know, I don't don't think it's necessarily going to relate to anybody. But even if one of you, out there. This is only to the people who journal. Do you ever do a journal or a diary, Nicole? Uh, I used to. Now, do you remember in your journal or diary what tense, or, or I should say, what person you wrote it in? Did you write it in the first person or the second person or like the, it's not the third person. What's the one that's like, we? The usted? <laughs> Did you write it in the usted? The omniscient? Yeah. Is that what it is? I wrote like I in the first person. Yeah, because I, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll write stuff down or if, you know, you, a good way to get into writing stand-up or whatever, if you just kind of write, you know, like three pages of like anything, like kind of free writing, you know? But I find myself going back and forth between I, you, or we, which is, which is the most interesting one. But sometimes, you know, let me give you an example, right? So if you're like, 
if you write, I gotta get my life together, right? Or some, but then sometimes you could write as if you're motivating yourself. Like you gotta get your fucking life together, clean your fucking act up, do this, do that, do other things. But then I'm thinking, if I am the only one writing this and I'm only going to be the only person ever reading this, you can kind of write in the we, you know, because you go, we gotta get our life together because when I'm writing we, I'm writing as the person, me, the writer, and also keeping in mind me, the future reader of it, who's also just me, and collectively, that is we. Does that make any sense to anybody or you, Nicole? <laughs> yeah, I think I, now that I think about it, I think I do that too. Yeah, because you gotta go back and forth. And because people are like, how could you write anything but the first tense? Because it's like, because you're writing it I don't know, maybe it's a thing of like a guarding thing where you never want it to be like, I'm doing this, so you're like, you're doing it. It's like, you're, it's accusatory even when it's self-assessing, which is very fun. I don't know, I'll look into that and then get you guys, get back to you guys about it. But it's something that uh, more just interests me than has any sort of bearing on my life uh, whatsoever. That's fine. I wish the fan was in here. We used to have a fan in here, it's not in here anymore, and it is, it's getting pretty hot in here. But this drink is cooling me down. This drink is sweating all over my legal pad. And now all the ink is running. And I feel like there's a secret message that's going to be on here. And it's going to be like, you know, kill the president or something like that. Which I shouldn't say. That can't be on YouTube. All right. Bleep that out or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Here's a fun story. Uh, I did a great show at New York Comedy Club this past weekend. And here's why it was such a spectacular show. You know, the weekends there, they're always packed. but this was the late show. And the late, the 11 o'clock show, Saturday night, you just expect to be a nightmare. You know, you expect it to be, you know, half full at best, drunks, rowdy people, stoned people. It's a late night crowd, which is, it's fun for its own right. You can kind of do crazier shit. You can get away with more stuff. You can fuck around. But this show, I show up, 11, I have a, like 11.30 spot or something. It is sold out, like beyond sold out. Like I've never seen it this packed in my life. And the audience was so good. They had like 8 p.m. energy where they were alive and paying attention and like kind of drinking, but nobody heckled, nobody was a mess or whatever. And I had a fun, I had a really fun set. It was so great. And then I got off stage and I felt really good about it. I'm just kind of, you know, talking to some other comics. And this guy walks up to me and he goes, um, hi, excuse me, uh, you're Mike Feeney. And, you know, naturally in my brain, I'm like, well, this is it. You're going to tell me that, what is it? You work for SNL? I'm busy. Okay. I don't have time. Uh, what do you, what do you, what do you work with? William Morris Endeavor? I listen, send me an email and maybe we can discuss terms if you want to be my agent. But I, I got a good thing going right now. I don't really need representation, but we'll talk, you know. And uh, he goes, uh, I'm an audience member. And you're like, damn, okay. Uh, so immediately, dreams crushed. But then he builds me back up and he goes, My friend and I just want to know. And he points to a woman who's standing over sheepishly waving. And so you think, I'm like, oh, I know where this is going. Like, I've had this before. Like, my friend wants to know if you're single, kind of a thing like that, right? And he was, he was a gay man. Um, and he goes, uh, my friend and I was wondering if you were gay. And I go, and I always say this too. I don't know why when people ask if I'm single or if I'm gay, 
which the gay is a lot more rare than the single, but I always go, oh, sorry. Like I apologize. I go, oh no, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm married. I, I talked about it, you know? And, uh, and he was like, oh, oh, okay, bummer, bummer. He's like, I just want to let you know, you could do very well on the other team. And that to me, I was with one of the managers from New York Comedy Club and she was like, you just made his week. And I'm like, I cannot explain to you how much better it feels to be complimented by a gay man than by a woman. It is not even close. I mean, I would say it's better to be complimented by a straight man than a woman. Because any any man that because if a if a gay man is going out of his way to be like, I like your dress, I like your appearance, your body type is perfect for fucking or whatever. And that is like, well, thank you very much. I try, you know? And it's like, and he was very complimentary and like an eyes undressing me up and down sort of way. And you're like, you know what? That feels great to hear. Like, cause if, if, if a beautiful woman walks over and she's like, are you married? Damn. And then walks away. It's like, well now I just feel shitty about myself. Like, it's like, it's great to know that's nice, but you're like, well, fuck that, you know, what could have been, you know, but now if it's a gay guy, you're like, all right, look at that, huh? Who doesn't respect a gay guy, you know? Women respect gay guys, guys respect gay guys. Everybody respects a gay guy, especially on their, you know, fashion sense, which I assume he loved, you know? I was wearing a nice jacket. So um, that's very, it's very nice to hear. So if, if, you, if you listen to this podcast and you are gay uh, and afterwards in the show, you feel like, you know, you want to compliment me, just know that your compliments on the ranking system mean most to me, you know? Like that's that's where I'm progressive more than any other. Is that in the in the compliment sector, I value the LGBTQ, you know, whatever the rest of it is. I value that more, not as much to know what all the abbreviations are, but I know I value that more than that of the heterosexual variety. And so, doesn't that, do you ever get a compliment from a lesbian, Nicole? And you're like, a little like, all right, you know, like you feel yourself a little more. Yeah, I feel like it's different though. I have though what you said at first. Someone, some dude in college told me that if I were gay, I would get a lot of bitches word for word. <laughs> but See, I don't men know. Are what not do you, good at handing no, out compliments. No, not at all. But and then he also like would touch my face and said if I lost ten pounds, that I would be really like I would have like a nice face. What? <laughs> Please tell me you did something like like a like a, a demi- if you immediately kicked him in the balls that would be fine you know like that would be that wouldn't even be fine that would be that's like the lowest response that I think you should have had well, did you did you just go thank you and walk away? No, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, that's chill, dude. Like I agree. Like uh, he was like, you would have nice. You let him bones. off too easy. Fuck that. Fuck those people. I think I was still on the high of like you would get a lot of bitches, so I I just kind of let that other one slide. Yeah, fuck that. I fucking people that do that, and and I guess this will also lead pretty well into my next thing, which is um, the segment that you all know and love from the past from two of the past three episodes, leave that person alone. Leave Jonah Hill alone. What is wrong with you all commenting on his body? I thought we agreed that body shaming was wrong. Why is it okay for people to comment on males, and usually specifically straight white males' body types? 
The amount of, if, if you say, if I said Demi Lovato looks like they might have gained some weight, there will be fire arrows coming through my apartment living room within a matter of moments and people will hang me and my dog in public. That's how severe it is if you talk about a woman. Yet Jonah Hill, they're always like, he's fat again, what's going on? We don't like him when he's skinny. He's not as funny. And he's tried to be jovial. He's tried to be a good sport about it. He understands that when he started his acting career, he was kind of like the silly, roly-poly, fat, physical comic kind of a thing. And guess what? He even made that nice speech, you know, during the Wolf of Wall Street, I think, acceptance speech or whatever, where he talked about how, like, people just won't stop shitting on him. He was doing it very, like, bitingly sarcastic about how he wishes people wouldn't do it anymore. And he thought you would think that would be enough. But no, people keep talking about how much he's gained weight or lost weight and any time they see him. And they say this about Leonardo DiCaprio too. Oh God, dad bod in between movies. Look, how does he get all these beautiful women? I'll tell you how, because he's Leonardo fucking DiCaprio. That's how he does it. He could look like a whale, okay? And guess what? He'd be the sexiest whale with the most entrancing blue eyes you've ever fucking seen, okay? And so leave Jonah Hill alone. He had to come out and say, Please stop commenting on my body. He had to say that. You don't have any idea what it takes as a straight white male to put out in the press as a plea to the internet, which by the way, bad people are on there, to put out, hey, please stop commenting on my body. It doesn't help. And we're like, we know what you mean, fatty. And then we pinch his cheeks or whatever the hell like that. Just leave Jonah Hill alone. He's great. He's funny. What hasn't he done for you? Has he not delivered? Has he not over-delivered on his promises when you saw him in the movie accepted and he was dressed up in a big hot dog suit and he goes, does anybody want to taste my wiener? And that kind of a thing. Has he not come far enough from that? He's a director now. He's doing a bunch of other things. He holds the record for the most curses ever in a movie in Wolf of Wall Street, beating out Pacino in Scarface. I mean, it's like, leave him alone. Just leave him fucking Jonah. I love Jonah Hill so much. Did I, you see their body shaming Tom Cruise now too? For what? I, I don't know. They took a picture of him at like a baseball game with his kid and everybody's just ragging on him because they think he looks fat or like he's had a ton of plastic surgery. And it's like, here's the thing. I, you know, I grew up in the 90s, so I grew up in a time when that was the first and only thing you talked about. Like you, anytime anybody walked by, you're like, look at that pig, you know? And it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter what it was. It was okay, because the times were different, all right? But now, if all I want is uniform, uniformity is all I'm looking for. If it's not okay to talk about women that way, which I agree, it's not. I mean, someone coming up to Nicole and being like, if you lost 10 pounds, dot, 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 it, unless the end of that sentence, if you lost 10 pounds, you'd be as perfect as you are now or something like that. If it's not something like that, that person should be physically harmed and, and, like, and by, by everyone. Like if anyone who is in earshot should just be able to be like, oh, sorry, one sec, and put down their drink, turn around and beat the person senseless and then it's fine. But let's have that also for men. Is that a crazy thing to ask? Is that maybe, you know, Tom Cruise has got feelings. Jonah Hill 
clearly has feelings. As much as Leonardo DiCaprio is above it all because he's in St. Bart's with 18 Sports Illustrated models having just the wildest sex you've ever seen. I'm sure once in a while he'll go on Daily Mail and being like, boy, life is so great. And then it's like a picture of him on a yacht looking like fucking Marlon Brando in his last two years of life being like, Jesus Christ. And then they're like, look at tubby tub fat fat, you know? And it's like, that doesn't help. Doesn't help. What do you think, Nicole? I just sent you the picture of Tom Cruise, by the way. But don't forget that the guy that said that to me was also manhandling my face at the same time. Listen, I'll be honest. This picture of Tom Cruise, it's not great. It's not flattering. But you sent me a picture of it next to quite possibly the sexiest picture of him at the height of his sex of all time. I mean, his his, his jaw has a shadow. That's how defined his jawline is in in this picture on the left. He's got a perfect quaff. His hair, he's like, it's like, this is definitely like late 80s, early 90s Tom Cruise. It's been 40 years. Let Tom Cruise age, you monsters. Yeah, he's a little, a little jowly. He looks older, but you know, he's in between films. Fuck everybody, man. God damn it. Everybody sucks. Like, oh, women have all these, all these women have eating disorders now because of fucking, first off, it's not because of men. The, re- the main reason that, and, and maybe it is because of men, because men, I guess, control a lot of magazines, but like magazines and Sports Illustrated, all these things, they're all contributing, Maxim and all this shit, they contribute, and now it's Instagram, contribute to like the body dysmorphia of this country. But you don't think men have that? Every man is compared to Vin Diesel, I mean, not Vin Diesel, I mean, he's, talk about somebody. Talk about a tubby tub fat fat. Uh, no, he is. He, Vin Diesel sucks. Fuck him. Fuck that person. Fuck Vin Diesel. He looks terrible. Fuck him. <laughs> I only feel okay talking about that because The Rock said he was a piece of shit person and he was really egotistical and treated everybody on the set really beneath him. So that's the people we can fat shame. It's people that are mean. Meanie Bobinis get fatty shamed. Um, but The Rock, everyone's like, why don't you look like The Rock? Why don't you look like Ryan Reynolds? Why don't you look like Ryan Gosling? You know what? Because I'm me, and I hope that's enough. And apparently it isn't, and maybe you need to look inward for that. So, just, it's up to gay guys. Keep going out there, give compliments to men and to women. Let us, let us, build us up. And then you might say, who's gonna build up the gay men? And I'll do that if I have to. I'll go up to a gay guy and be like, you know, I've done that before. I've gone up to Mateo Lane and be like, Mateo, you look great. He's like, hmm, yeah, of course. Like, he, you know, he, he knew and he was almost mad. Like, if a straight guy compliments a gay guy, they're like, yeah, of course. Yeah, who are you? You know, it'd be like, you know, it'd be like if I go to a fucking Burger King and then I take that Burger King burger to Au Chevelle, the best burger in America. And I'm like, this is pretty good. They're like, we get a Burger King. We know we're good. Fucking ta-ta, you know, that kind of stuff. So I don't know. You know, that's what I'm thinking. But, um, and, and while we're on the people who are just the internet trolls, there are a few of, it's not a big section, but it's a small subsection of the already, you know, uh, what I assume is a wildly growing population of people that listen to this podcast that, um, don't like the name Snarky. There are they are against it. There is there is not a ton, but there is a few loud uh, group of people, and I and and they'll never listen to this, I guess, because maybe the name turns them off to so much. But to them, I would say not only do I like the name because it's my podcast and fuck yourself, uh, but also a benefit of being someone who's snarky is that. Knowing 
the word snarky pisses people off who don't like people who are snarky, that's a benefit for me. Like when someone's like, I don't like the name of your podcast, guess what? I love it. I love, not only do I love the name, I love that you hate it. The fact that you have a visceral reaction to a podcast name, you can't see why that's very funny to me. Like to someone to be like, I can't stand that it's snarky. And you're like, that is the funniest. That's funnier than anything I'm ever going to say. You realize that, right? You realize it? And the more you want me to change it, the more I'll never change. If you were like, eh, it's an okay name. It's not good. It's not bad. Then I'd probably change it. But you've already showed your hand and you showed that some of you don't love it. In which case, I'm keeping it forever. So I'm going to get a tattoo to my fucking neck. How about that? So to you, I'd say, woohoo! Yeah! Love it. Love the name. <laughs> We're on one today, Nicole. You just sounded exactly like Mario. That was a pretty good nose. I said, Yahoo! Yeah. <laughs> oh no, my paper's getting all wet. Um, this might be one of the dumbest things that I'll ever say, which again, saying a lot. Eric is obsessed with playing Powerball when it gets to be a large thing, and I never buy the tickets but I support her buying the tickets because obviously if she wins, I'm getting half. So I got to make sure that I'm like, that's our ticket. You know, like I just have been like, I hope we win, you know, even though legally I bet she could probably lay claim to be like, I bought the ticket, but then, you know, I don't know. Maybe there's some sort of like lawyer. What's hers is mine. Kind of a situation. That's, that's a benefit of getting married. That's why you get married. People are like, why you get married? This is why. Cause if your wife wins the lottery, you win the lottery. Like it's pretty good, you know? So, but she gets the Powerball, and wouldn't you know it, we don't win. Um, but I go to check the numbers, and I can't explain why. But every time I check the numbers, I am completely and utterly dumbfounded when I don't get at least one number. Does that make sense? Like, there's so many numbers, and there's the probability is not high that I would have any numbers at all. But every time I'm always like, all right, I'm not going to win, but like, we'll have it like at least one or two, you know, like we'll get like 20 bucks, like we'll have at least a couple numbers. And then you go, none of them. This so it's so disheartening to get not e to not even be close because that's what you need in Powerball. If the numbers are one, two, five, seven, nine, 11 or whatever. And then you're like, I have, you know, I have two and one. Then you're like, okay. I we were so close and then we didn't have any of the other numbers. But if you don't get any of them, if you have 46, 42, 38, 69 and blue or whatever, you know, and then you're like, I didn't why didn't why? How is that it just hurts. It hurts. It hurts lose. I mean, you it's that's what's so funny about it is Powerball is win or lose. It's pass or fail. That's it. But losing with no numbers hurts more than losing with one number. Does that make sense, Nicole? Um, I think so. That means no. She's being nice. I, I, because if, if you get the Powerball number, you get like 20 bucks or something like that. I think it is like on the spot, but it's very frustrating to be like, how am I not even going to get one number? I, can you look up how many like numbers are in the Powerball? Is it 60 or is it 50? Because then it makes a lot more sense. But I don't ever look at that because I don't play the numbers. So I just get the ticket. And again, I'm shocked. I always expect it to be like, that's, you know why it is? I'm realizing now. I'm expecting it to be like a scratch-off ticket. 
You know when it's like you have like lucky sevens or something where it's like a tic-tac-toe and it'll be like seven, seven, X. And you're like, God damn it. Like you get close every time, but then you don't get it. That's how I expect lottery to be. But it turns out it's just not that way at all. Nicole? Yeah, it's one through 69. For one through 69. And I'm upset that one of my five numbers isn't hitting every time. Yeah. All right. Never mind. I'm an idiot. Sorry, everybody. Delete it. Delete the podcast. Unsubscribe. Go go outside and get on the seesaw. I don't know. Um, all right. I went to a Verizon wireless. And have you ever gone to a building that very clearly used to be a McDonald's? Have you ever been to one of those where you... It's so for sure was a McDonald's. It's got like the brown roof. Like it, it's set up like a McDonald's. It was for sure a McDonald's probably not that long ago. And I don't know what it is, but the entire time I'm in Verizon, it smells like McDonald's. And you can't expunge the smell of McDonald's from a building. Once it's in there, it's in there for it's just diced onions and fryer grease and it's going to smell like that forever the only way is to demo the entire building and let the spirits of the fucking onions and fries go into the ether i'm going i'm starving inside of this verizon being like i don't care about my iphone give me whatever the hell you want and also give me a number two extra value meal which for some reason now is no longer the, double, the the two cheeseburger meal, which of, who told me that? Brennan Sagalow, obviously. But, um, and that was on, you know, um, here's a scenario which you can check out. But it does feel like the smell is in the walls of that place. There's no deep clean you could do enough to get rid of that. Nicole, have you ever been to any, like a place that's ever been like a Wendy's or a White Castle or anything like that? Yeah, there was a place in my hometown that was very obviously a Pizza Hut formerly because it has mm. such a specific shape. yes. But yeah, and then for the smell thing, me and my roommate the other day were just talking about like Subway, like how that just lingers on you so bad the for the rest of, of your life. Remember when they said Subway bread was made with like, it had like traces of like yoga mats in it? <laughs> remember when no, they just- No, I don't remember please that. Please look that up to see- I remember the tuna thing from recently. What's the tuna thing? That they did a test on Subway's tuna and there was- no tuna DNA found in it. Perfect. What was it? I think they disproved it, but it was like popping off in the news. Well, that's the other thing that might be. I remember they were like, this bread has the same ingredients that a yoga mat does. And I was like, yo, what yoga? What the fuck are you talking about? If my I, I haven't been to Subway since college, I think, because it's 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 arguably the worst fast food franchise you could ever have. It's, they give you, you gotta get double meat if you want any flavor at all. I used to get the, that what was that, that sweet onion chicken teriyaki or whatever the fuck, the grilled chicken, whatever the, the chicken one, what, uh, fuck, what was that called? God damn it, whatever that was. It is all terrible and it smells weird, but you're like, it'd be nice to house an entire sub or something like that. What, is the yoga mat thing right? Yeah, and I just found this article on NPR with the title, Almost 500 Foods Contained the Yoga Mat Compound. Should we care? Yeah! <laughs> we should care! We should care! <laughs> what the fuck kind of stupid, dumbass thing is that? Should we care? And that's another... People are like, well, I mean, what are you gonna... That's one of those, like, 
hey, you know, you're going to die if you eat Oreos. You know, this, you know this, don't put on deodorant. You'll get aluminum cancer or whatever. And it's like, listen, man, there are things we could do to change. And there are things that we can't. You know, if you're like, you're going to have BO for the rest of your life and you won't get cancer. Well, fucking load me up with capital C because I will not smell if I can help it. All right. But if you're telling me my choices are to eat yoga mat or to not eat yoga mat, guess which one I'm picking. Just take take a guess. I don't know why I did that like a like a like an evil snake. Take a guess. <laughs> God damn this margarita's strong. I'm not doing okay. You're Mine, doing great. Mine's been gone for a while. Yeah. Oh shit. I gotta catch up. Um, has it been a couple hours? Because I have so many more things I want to talk about. Yeah, we're at 50 right now. What? What? I didn't even, all right, let me get to, we'll do speed round. This is crazy. Oh my God. Do we just go full Rogan and go for three hours? Yeah, we'll just do a full Rogues. Um, now, I will say, I, I forgot to do plugs. I didn't do anything. Uh, follow this podcast. Uh, subscribe on my YouTube, youtube.com slash Mike Feeney Comedy. Leave a comment, leave a thumbs up, leave a five-star review on iTunes if you can. It takes like two seconds. Just comment anything. Comment like, you know, high five fun time, you know, whatever. I don't know. Whatever you want. It's up to you. I'm not going to tell you what to do, but it would be nice. You know, you could support the show uh, and just send it to some friends. If you think that you're having a good time, you know, send it to more people. The more people that are interested, the more likely I am to keep doing it. Um, so do that. You can follow me on social media at I am Mike Feeney. Tour dates. MikeFeeneyComedy.com. I think if you're listening to this, I am uh, probably... Uh, I'm, next week, I'll be in, at Skankfest. I don't know if that lines up to say, but if not, I'll be at Skankfest in Houston, uh, November 5th through the 7th. That's going to be unbelievable. November 12th, uh, Brennan Sagalow and I are producing a show for the New York Comedy Festival. That's really a cool thing that we shouldn't just gloss over. I know um, people that may not live in New York may not understand... New York Comedy Festival, one of the biggest comedy festivals in the world. And they do a bunch, they do like over a hundred different shows throughout the city during this whole week. And it's really awesome. And a big thing in comedy is being able to be featured in the New York Comedy Festival. And thankfully, like I've had some shows in the festival in the past, but this was cool because this year they came to us and asked us specifically to come up with a show to produce during the festival, which I thought was really cool. So we came up with this idea called Unlikely Duos. And what we're going to do is we're going to take two different comedians that have never been on stage together and that most likely personalities are like the opposites of one another. And we're going to put them on stage together and see what happens. We'll have some suggestions and like a hat if they, if they panic, they could do crowd work, they could just talk and riff and do jokes. It'll be really fun. And the lineup is crazy. Like, just trust me, we haven't announced it at this point when I'm recording this, but the lineup is going to be like star-studded and it'll be really awesome. And I, and I can guarantee it'll be something that you'll never be able to see. Even if we do another one of these shows or whatever, that can't be recreated because it's going to be so much improvisation and on-the-spot moment. It's going to be really cool. And that's going to be at New York Comedy Club, November 12th, 8 p.m., their East Village location. It's going to be sold out. Get your tickets. Or if you know anybody in New York City, just come. Sagalo and I are hosting, so we're going to have the time of our lives up there. And then uh, I got other dates coming up, which I'm very excited about. I'm gonna be in uh, I'm gonna be in Boston. 
I got some dates cooking for uh, for uh, Washington D.C. I got some other dates in the works for uh, upstate New York and stuff. So we got some stuff cooking. Just MikeFeeneyComedy.com. And if you like to hang out, come fucking watch my Twitch, man. It's a really you don't have to like video games or know anything about video games to have fun in my Twitch. Twitch.tv slash NYFreshMaker because it's like myself. Brennan Sagalo, Shuli Agar from Howard Stern Show, um, my buddy Billy, the, my childhood friend, plays with us and stuff like that, and we just we have fun. We it, like it's it's kind of like when you watch The Walking Dead, you know, like in the beginning you're like I don't really care about zombies. I'm not like a zombie guy, and then before you know it. You're invested in the people. And the zombies are just like the background. That just like every like three episodes, you're like, oh, fuck, I forgot they're getting away from zombies. Like you, you, zombies are like in the background. of it. That's what the video games are for the Twitch. The video games are like the third most important thing. Not to mention the fact that we're pretty fucking good at the video games. So uh, you can watch that for free. Twitch.tv slash NYFreshMaker. I play a bunch of nights a week. And uh, Nicole, and also listen to Here's a Scenario, obviously, with Mike and Brendan and I. And join the Patreon, patreon.com slash scenario pod nicole where can people find you uh my instagram is nicole c lyons that's it so succinct in your things um well i got i'm gonna get oh fuck i have so many things i gotta get to quick all right now i shouldn't have wasted time with all that journal bullshit um i i want to get to i get i get to one of these one or two of these fan submitted ones and that one's other ones i'll get to next week but i do want to say one more quick fuck that person to Machine Gun Kelly, okay? and But it, it's not for the reason you're all thinking. I mean, yes, he's a shapeshifter, okay? The man is a rapper, and then Eminem bodies him, and then he fucking just becomes a punk rock guy, and now he's hanging out with Travis Barker, and he's like, you know, he's an actor. Here's why I say fuck Machine Gun Kelly, because I think I love him. You know, I, I, I hate him so much. The hate is so severe that I think I love him because you can't, everything about him, his appearance, his social media presence, his like tongue licking with fucking, what's her name from Megan, is it Megan what? Megan Fox. Megan Fox. I said Megan Kelly, which is a very different relationship. Um, But I, you know, it's like, he's so disingenuous as a person. He's such a climber and a social media douche but you put on one of his songs and goddamn if I ain't humming it by the end of it. You know? I mean, I don't know the secret, but the man writes some catchy ass bops, all right? So I whether it's rap, whether it's rock, all of a sudden I'll be like, I'm, I'm singing, I don't know the words, but I'm moving my head, you know? So fuck that guy, Machine Gun Kelly, fuck that person because you make... I think I like you, all right? And I don't want you to get too close because I don't like anything about you, but I think I like you. So, mm, to that. Um, now, gotta talk about William Shatner going to space. This to me, this to me, if you're like, I don't know anymore if America's the greatest country in the world. Oh yeah? When's the last time you shot a 90-year-old into space? A 90-year-old who's been in aeronautics and space and NASA his entire life, and so that's why he felt he was... Nope! An actor. We send an actor who played a guy who went into space 
We sent him into space and fucking just made me want to hum the national anthem the entire time. First off, props to William Shatner at 90 for being like, yeah, I think I'm good. I think I'll, I'll probably be good. Which, to me, there only has to be one outlook if I'm William Shatner, which is, this is where I'm going to die. Like, that would be my outlook. And I don't mean that in like, a, I'm scared to die. I mean like, the, this, is my, this is my swan song. How perfect would it have been if he died? Him not dying fucked that whole PR campaign up for me. That was his, that was his ending chapter. It was perfect. It was beautiful. We put a bow on William Shatner, ladies and gentlemen. Put him on the shelf. What a career. What a biopic that's going to be if the guy who played a spaceman goes into space at 90 and dies in space. And I don't think, I'm not saying like, have a heart attack in space. I'm saying at the height of the space that they were at and like in space and when there's zero gravity, he just fucking 90-year-old floats over to the emergency exit row and opens the fucking hatch. That's what he should have done. He should have absolutely, and then said some dumb, I never watched Star Trek, should have beam me up, whatever fucking, whatever dumb line that he had, a fucking like Nanu, I keep saying Nanu Nanu, which is just Mork and Mindy, but I mean, he had to have said, some stupid thing like, you know, the exits are sound or whatever. I don't know what he would have said. But he would have said something nerdy like that because Star Trek people, nerds. And uh, I think that that would have been the best thing he could have done. He's so stupid for not killing himself in space. What are you going to do? What are you going to do now, Bill? You're just going to fucking putter around? The next few years, talking to people about, oh, I went into space, and, you know, it was quite majestic. We don't care. We're not going. We want to go, but we can't go because it cost $40 billion to go, and they took you on a PR campaign. So you, the, the least you could have did was fucking killed you and everyone else up there. I mean, that would have been pretty wild if you're like, Captain Kirk's a bad guy after all. Maybe he's with fucking Slytherin. Or what, I don't know who the bad guys are in Star Trek. I don't want Star Trek. Leave me fucking alone. Stop writing in the comments about Star Trek. Nobody cares about Star Trek. But I think he should have did it. And I think he fucked up. And I think if we do this over again, we should start taking old space people. I mean, there's no other person. William Shatner is the best person to have died in space. And you blew it. You fucking blew it, all right? I knocked my mic. I'm so angry. So, you know, that's it. That's the show, I guess. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm pissed about William Shatner not committing space suicide in front of what would have been the greatest spectacle of all time. I mean, that biopic writes itself after that. But instead, I guess we'll just have to hear him on Good Morning America and wait until, you know, he dies from, like, shitting too hard or something in a few months. So, I don't know. Whatever. He's fine, I guess. <laughs> Fuck it. Bill, just, if you get another chance, do the right thing this time, all right? Um, that's the show, everybody. Thank you very much for watching. Uh, I love you all. I appreciate you. We'll see you next week. Cheers. <laughs>